Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Okay, you need to listen to this episode if you run in the rain or avoid running in the rain. These are going to make you way more equipped to feel uncomfortable when you're running and basically build your toolkit so that you are going out there knowing you are not going to get cold, you are not going to be suffering, and you're actually going to enjoy your run so much more. They're also going to help you take care of your gear and think outside the box on a few different things and a few different tools you probably didn't even know existed that were invented and designed for us to use and implement so that we can do some damage control and avoid ever feeling uncomfortable when we're running in the rain um, and the chilly rain at that. (laughs) All right, you guys, let's dive on into this episode. Welcome everyone to Run Girl Radio. I'm Holly Dickinson, founder of Excel Strength and Conditioning, where we coach and empower female runners just like you across the world, making you faster, more knowledgeable, and set for a lifetime of injury-free running. Each week, I will be bringing you impactful information, creative solutions, and juicy running tips to get you one stride closer to your highest running self. Knowing that when curious and strong women are equipped with on-topic information and innovative solutions, there is no stopping us. Consider me your personal running coach in your back pocket. So join me and get ready to bust down some barriers, laugh at some running real talk, and get excited and energized as we have some fun finding our way together through this wonderful world of running. You guys, welcome back. If you live anywhere where it has a rainy season, I live on Vancouver Island. And just as a little search, I had to Google search this because I know it rains a lot here. We're right by the mountains. But it's 136 days a year, averagely, that it will rain. 136, you guys. That's <laughs> basically a third of the time when I have a run planned, it'll be wet. That's a third of the year. So it's harder to run in the rain. And if you're always underprepared, you're going to hate it, right? If we're an underprepared for anything, usually it leads to a bad experience. So we're just going to nip that in the bud. And we are going to debunk some old myths. We are going to find out ways that we actually can keep ourselves loving running, even when it's rainy, and even throughout the rest of the year, when it's even cold and damp, these are really going to help you into catapulting into your runs headfirst. Are we ready? Let's go. Okay, so the one myth that we're going to debunk, and then we're just going to (laughs) unlearn what we've been told about that, and instead in place, fill ourselves with some proper facts, and then give ourselves some actionable tools so that we can um, protect ourselves whilst we're running in the rain and allow it to be a joyful experience. So this myth, hands up if you've heard it, 40 to 45% of all body heat is lost through the head and the neck due to increased blood flow in comparison to the rest of the body. Combined with the wrists, the ankles, this can actually approach to about 60% of our body heat loss. So these areas need to be covered. Has anyone heard that before? Yes, right? But untruthfully, this stemmed from um, basically a military experiment that was conducted five decades ago. So some old research. And in those studies, researchers dressed up subjects in Arctic survival suits and exposed them to really, really cold conditions. 
but the suits actually only covered the subject from the neck down. So naturally, most of their body heat left through their heads. So that's not really a fair comparison, nor a very good test (laughs) in general, right? If we're conducting any sort of research, we do want to make sure that we are being accurate in all sorts of ways. And that is a big area that they just dropped the ball in. So this has been circulating for many years, um, but we do know some proper facts. So the face, the head, and the upper chest are up to five times as sensitive to changes in temperature compared to other areas of the body. So that's the face, the head, and the upper chest are up to five times as sensitive to the changes in temperature, okay, Um, versus other areas of the body. That has a huge impact on why we do want to protect the neck and the head um, when we're running in the rain, but also in the cold too, just in general. When we are exercising in the rain, we are usually predisposing ourselves to being cold. If we are in the tropics, maybe not so much, right? <laughs> there's more humidity, warm humidity, but definitely there's there's kind of that lack of, of cold um, that as comparison to here in North America and other parts of the world too. Also, another great fact, I think this is like great because all of these are five times. So that last one, face, head, upper chest are up to five times as sensitive. This next one, wet clothing is five times the heat loss versus dry. So when we're wearing wet clothes, they keep us wet. We're losing five times the amount of heat versus when we're in dry um, clothing. Now that's fine when we're exercising, so long as it's not keeping us cold or dragging down our temperature, usually we are heating up our body from within, right? But as soon as we lower our intensity down to maybe baseline or we're walk running, or maybe we're not back up to full um, high intensity runs that are gonna keep our body hot and running hot the whole time, this is huge. Okay, the last little piece of research information I'm gonna throw in here for you all is that there's up to 42% reduction in total heat loss in our body when we add a vaporizing barrier to wet clothing. So when our clothing, wet clothing, is wickable, (laughs) when we're actually able to wick moisture from it. Um, So it's really important that we choose clothing that's like that. And there's a similar reduction in that um, total heat loss when we increase the insulation of that wet layer, okay? So those are two things, that it's wicking or there's a vaporizing barrier that's in that wet clothing. And if we add a little bit more um, insulation or covering to that wet layer as well, So that's it, you guys. We basically have to work on keeping our wicking um, material that we're wearing optimal and then cover slash insulate, okay? So making sure we're covering all areas of our body so we're not exposed, but also making sure that they're insulated enough and it's not just a a thin wicking layer because that would be regressed of what the benefits are we can have from both wicking and insulated. So when we are thinking of which areas of our body we are keeping warm or keeping covered, right? We need to think about those areas that were in the myth debunking, right? We need to think of the areas of the neck, the ankles, the wrists. Guess what those are, you guys? Those are our extremities. Our extremities are further away from our core and the heart, which keeps everything pumping and warm. And we've got more surface area. And usually they're not as meaty. (laughs) They're not as thick, right? Our core, we've got lots of muscle, we've got organs, we've got lots of stuff keeping warm. But as we get into the further extremities, we do have more surface area. We're more dexterous in our hands. We're a little skinnier around our wrists than we are around our bust, around our hips. Um, And our feet are bony and there's not much fatty tissue to keep us warm. 
So these are things that we really need to be thinking about regarding if we're not covering them up, time to cover them up. So the first thing that I like to include in running, especially when it's in the rain, like we're talking about, is a baseball hat. Guys, if it's running, we are constantly gonna have a wet face. And when our face is cold, I don't know about you, but like it just goes numb. <laughs> it goes numb. And it's so much faster when it's wet. When it's wet and a little chilly, it's it. I've lost all feeling in my cheeks for sure for a little while. So huge to have a baseball hat. Um, you can get really nice ones that are specific to running. I know Lululemon has a really fab one that has a slit for a ponytail. So even if you have a, a top knot bun, if you like to have a bun in your hair versus a ponytail that flips side to side, I know when my hair is longer and I have it just in a ponytail, it comes around, it kind of whacks my ear, which I definitely listen to podcasts and music when I run. So that's super annoying. So definitely having something that, that allows you to still have your hair up and out of annoyance level is huge. But also keeping that rain off of our face is going to allow you to keep managing your core temperature and especially your extremity temperature around your face and just more enjoyable in general. We're not, we're not going blind as we're running. And as we segue from that into if you wear glasses like I do, <laughs> wearing contact lenses, making sure you're wearing them on your run days. Otherwise, it comes all sorts of blurry and mud. If you're running with other people in front of you, there can be mud flicking, bikes. I know a few of my clients go biking and their, their kids actually pace them. And if you don't have fenders, we're going to have mud all in places we, we wish we didn't have it, um, causing us some serious barriers. So definitely thinking about contact lenses if you can versus glasses if you've got that baseball hat on too. And um, can also be quite a bit of pressure for the ears to have lots going over the ear. So really nice to put contacts in. Another great option for your head is, and I get, I get this way more in the winter, and especially when it's wet, is ear aches after I run or during my run. And it's definitely from just the cold air passing by the ear and kind of getting tunneled into my ears too. Even if I, even if I have earphones in, it happens. So I'm not sure if you're one of those people that gets that too, or hasn't yet expected it. But if you ever should, wearing earmuffs or just a headband that um, comes over the ears and protects you from getting cold ears that's huge. And sometimes that's nicer than a hat. Or if you want, you can double up on both, right? Sometimes baseball hats don't come low enough to cover part of the ear or hold the ears back. I have, I have Dumbo ears one, on one side. They come out a little bit further. So sometimes they got to be tamed and maintained. So tucking them into a baseball hat helps. But if you want, you can double it up with a earmuff slash headband that kind of covers them. And then the baseball hat that is protecting your face too. It doesn't hurt having too much gear up there. <laughs> Let me tell you that one. And now if you've ever seen anyone that's a pro runner, this is a great, great trick. And I, it took me a while to get onto it, but I found myself a good one. It's neck gaiters. And you might see them as like tube scarves. Or if you're a lady and you've got some fashion, you've seen like infinity scarves. Basically, it's like a sport version of that. And it's just a little ring that you pull over your head. So it, it literally not a scarf that's going to fall and fly away and um, it stays around your neck but it's a little bit tighter than a normal scarf would be and you can pull it actually up over your chin so that it covers your mouth covers your nose if it gets really cold um, that can sometimes help with the the airflow that's going in and out especially when you're running a little bit more intense um speeds etc or distances i guess or just if you're if you're breathing much heavier then it's a it's a great idea but it keeps your neck warm the front and the back of your neck, especially if you've got your hair up, 
And if you're not wearing something that comes up hoodie wise or jacket wise or coat, whatever you are probably wearing, um, that's not keeping your neck warm, this is like a staple. And trust me, it'll change the game. So we've covered the face, the head, and the neck slash upper chest area, which again, they're five times as sensitive to changes in temperature. And when it's raining, we can get colder faster, even if it's not terribly cold rain. It just with the airflow of us moving faster in general, we get a little chilly. So we got to control it. Now, if we move to our hands, we want to make sure again, because it's extremities, it's further away from our heart and from our nice core temperature that we would be keeping. And, and our arms are moving through space when we're running. So there's some airflow that's going past our fingies. And especially if you haven't fully warmed up yet or you've not gotten up to, to speed where the blood is pumping and the run is feeling good, the endorphins are kicking in, your fingers are going to get a little chilly. So I love, love, love to wear, they're kind of like cutoff gloves. You pull them over your hands and the tops of your fingers poke out. But there's a little flap on the back of your, of your hand that comes over and turns it into a mitten. And it is like the best invention. <laughs> if you can find one of these, huge. Um, because as soon as you get to your temperature and your hands are a little hot again, you can pull back the mitt and you basically are wearing only gloves that cover your palm and your fingers can breathe. So they're what I love, love to wear. I just got them from the Mountain Equipment Co-op, basically like an outdoor adventure store. And um, I know a lot of other companies do make their own running gloves. I find my hands do get cold when I run, especially if they're wet. If my hands are wet and it's cooler out, it's it's a different ball game. So um, you've probably seen running gloves that individualize each finger. But actually, when we wear mittens, we actually can keep our heat um, a lot better in our hands. When our fingers are spread apart, they have to kind of maintain the heat on their own. Whereas when they're clumped together in a mitt, hugely beneficial. So that's where I like to have that kind of half-half glove mitt situation going so if you can find some like that i'll link some down below so that you have access to knowing what i'm even talking about and finding them but hugely hugely beneficial if you can have that to keep your your fingies warm i do have some clients that have rhinoids in their fingers which is is basically where any kind of temperature change they it's really painful for the hands so if any of you guys have got that too i definitely like to use like a reusable heaty pack like a hand warmer and where you just crack the inside and it gets warm and it stays warm for probably about an hour. And then you just boil them on the stove and they turn back into the liquid form. That's that's great. You can also get little hand heaty warmers. They're, they're not so great for the environment. You end up throwing them away. We've had a few hanging around the house that my, my partner has. So we're just kind of getting through those. And then we'll use consistently the crack open hand warmers. But a great option too, if, it, if you're just at the point where you're like, no, my hands are just still cold. And I'm wearing the mittens slash gloves and I can't can't manage it. Or maybe, again, your intensity isn't up to where you're always running hot on your run. Maybe you're still walk running. Totally fine. This is acceptable. Pop it in your pocket until you need it. Now, regarding the material of these things, wool is best. Um, wool wicks and fleece is also very good. You'll, you'll notice a lot of fleece versions of, of gloves. Definitely don't go towards the cotton end of things. Again, cotton is rotten. <laughs> it holds on to the cold. It doesn't wick very well. Um, and you just get damp and it's sad. So that was what I would suggest looking for is something made out of wool or with a fleece liner is, is great. Okay, and moving further south to our feet. I get cold feet to the point where they're almost numb when I'm running. But when I'm running in the rain, I definitely reach for my wool socks. 
and they're not ankle socks. They come over my ankles so my ankles aren't chilly and exposed. And again, wool is wicking, you guys. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be such a switch. And actually, you're not gonna have as much rubbing and irritation in your in your like extremities, basically, if you're using wool. It's very soft to the skin. Usually it forms the shape really nicely, again, versus cotton where it's gonna rub and it doesn't do a very good job of wicking. So thinking also about chafing and especially when we run in the rain, you guys, petroleum jelly or Vaseline is going to be really great too. If you are just still working, wearing ankle socks, it's totally fine. Maybe put some petroleum jelly by the areas where you sometimes chafe, even when it's not raining, because they're definitely going to be chafing when you're running your longer runs in the rain. Under armpits are also another spot and areas where you might find hot spots on your sports bra or straps on your shirt. Ideally, we just want to be preventing any sort of chafing that's going on because we will definitely not be running in the rain if we're going to be chafing like that. Am I right? <laughs> All right. So that's feet, hands, head, neck, um, glasses versus contacts. We've talked about headbands for ear aches. Now we're going to dive into kind of some damage control. <laughs> so some things you also want to think about. Shoes. When our shoes get wet, we don't always want to be like tumble. We never want to tumble dry our shoes but we don't want to be damaging our shoes to the extent of like always putting them through the wash when they get mucky and wet and dirty. So I definitely have some that I like to wear when it is muddy, some darker colored runners that are just more supportive too when I'm running in the rain. And I even think of picking a route that is maybe not the trails that day. Maybe it's a road run, right? It's running on the side of the road where I know I'm just hitting concrete. There's no muddy puddles. There's no you know, we're really avoiding all of the possible mud and dirt situations so that we're saving our shoes, but also so we're not slipping and landing on funny, weird spots or roots that are very slippery also when it's wet out. But something that you will love that we definitely use so much, we actually keep them out now. It's a shoe warmer, you guys. And I'll put the, I'll put it in the link below so that you know what I'm even talking about, but I'm not sure actually what they're called in the olden days where people had proper shoes. Now my parents definitely have these too, but when you've got like nice shoes going out, they, I remember my dad has them. They basically stretch, they keep the form of the shoes. So they don't kind of cave in when they're in storage and they look like little clogs, <laughs> but it's kind of the same thing. They're plastic and they're, they're warmers. So they blow out heat and you pop them in your shoes and you plug them in and you just run them for like half an hour and it's low heat, no risk. And your shoes dry super, super quickly so that there's less damage to like the glues in your shoe and the fabric and, and you don't end up going through shoes like a hot damn. Also, there's less stankiness going on. <laughs> we could dry our shoes controlled. It's better for the longevity of the shoe itself. It's also low risk, you guys. <laughs> when we are, I don't know, put hands up, who's put their shoes like precariously close to baseboard heaters just so they dry quicker. Man, it's also winter. We can't just put them outside. If it was nice and hot, perfect. They're crispy by the time we go to bed, right? But if it is cold, there is not a chance. And I've definitely been one to put them too close to baseboard heaters, burn kind of parts of my shoes, melt certain situations. And yeah, it's it's not it's not what we want to be doing, you guys. And a funny story, which is terrible. Um, I was staying at an Airbnb and I put my shoes up after they got wet on top of like the towel rack. Like I took the towels off and I put them to like lay sideways on the towel rack against the wall in the rack and the dye came off of the shoes <gasps> and it stained their wall and I was mortified. 
But yeah, I'm sorry that Airbnb host, I told him like full transparency. I was like, this is what I did. Tell me how much I need to pay you. But terrible. Um, there's just, it's just the easier option, you guys. And if you have a boot room or a mud room or a space that's right beside where your shoes are, you can do any kind of shoe on this. You can do your nice boots and things that get wet and damp whilst you're outside. It's just like a boot dryer. So I'll link that down below so you just know what that looks like and maybe invest in it when when you're like tired, sick and tired of going through shoes when it's wet <laughs> or putting on wet shoes. If you've got, you know, some something to be at later and you want to wear the same pair of shoes, but you're always having to alternate. This could be your saving grace. <laughs> and the last tip for all of you, which is, it's a no-brainer probably, <laughs> but to save your shower for after your run. If you run in the morning or if you run in the evening, sometimes I kind of lengthen that time out so that I know I'm going home to a hot, hot shower and I can really heat up again those extremities that just do get a little bit chillier and I can maintain my body temperature for the rest of the day too. Oh, I'm terrible. Half Jamaican and I'm always cold here in Canada, no matter the time of year. And yes, we live in the Hawaii of Canada. I am sorry, mom and dad, but yeah, I'm always cold. You shouldn't have had me in Jamaica. You shouldn't have had me in Jamaica. <laughs> anyway, I hope that these tips really, really help you guys and you find some nice useful tools out of them. Maybe you kit yourself up better so that you're able to do more runs this season, even if it's raining. Because like I said, if you live close to me, that's like a third of the year where it's guaranteed it's going to be raining. And sometimes you can't bank your training on just the weather because you might miss a few weeks, if you know what I mean. So put these into your, maybe your Christmas list. It's getting close to Christmas. If you don't want to buy yourself this boot warmer, maybe seed it on your partner's Christmas list and, and let me know which one you are going to implement. I would love to talk to you guys. Please drop in my DMs. I would love to know who's listening to these and who's kind of tuning in every week. And um, I'm so glad to be here and providing information for you all. This is what I love, love, love to do. So if you're not already, follow me on Instagram at Excel Strength Conditioning and drop me a line. I would love to see your lovely face and I'd love to see how you're kidding yourself up for your next rainy run day. Till next week, you all have a great one. Bye. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.